SolarWind Media presents Ron Schaefer's podcast. Now, this is where the story starts to get weird. It turns out Japan has been plagued for years by Godzilla. Every now and then he rises up out of the sea or wherever he goes on holiday to crush Tokyo. And they shoot at him to no effect. And when he's done stamping and tramping around, he goes away. Tokyo rebuilds until the next time. Well, this was getting rather annoying for the Japanese people, not to mention what it does for their insurance claims. So some of the engineers out there got together and decided to create a huge Godzilla capture device called a Zilla Trap. It had been on the design tables for years, but nobody wanted to fund it because they knew it would be expensive. But then Godzilla stepped on Tokyo once too often and the bankers got pissed and suddenly investment money started coming in to where they could build this thing. They weren't finished with it when Godzilla came traipsing through again, this time wrecking the factory where they were building it, smashing most of the work to pieces. They then thought it might be a good idea to move construction out of Tokyo, since that's where Godzilla always shows up. Good call. So where to? The first choice was Yokohama, but that's just down the road from Tokyo in the same bay, and Godzilla had already visited the place at least once. They wanted some spot by the seacoast because they felt that was their best shot at nabbing him since he was always emerging from the sea like Botticelli's Venus coming out of her clamshell. And what is the deal with Godzilla anyway? Does he have gills so he can breathe underwater or does he just take enormous gulps of air so he can stay down for days at a time? I don't think anybody ever did an analysis on the guy. They were too busy shooting at him. Anyway... Osaka was next in line, on a bay at the sea's edge, but it was also heavily populated, and just in case of any further accidents, they prefer being out of the line of fire. They needed an obscure place away from everything else to keep things a bit top secret. Why, I don't know. Everybody knew about Godzilla and the government's attempts to get rid of him, but it still should be in an area industrialized enough to supply their needs. They picked Hiroshima, not my choice, but I'm not Japanese. So they began to rebuild the Zilla Trap in an abandoned warehouse there. First they decided it would be better to build a prototype, a smaller one, just to see if it could work. After all, Godzilla's one big son of a bitch, and who knows if a trap built to capture something that size would have any success in achieving its aim. The goal of the Zilla Trap was simply to lure the monster in and shut him off from the rest of the world. It obviously had to be built strong and completely fireproof. It had to snap shut quickly, even though Zill lumbers along at a pretty slow pace. And it had to have an effective lure that would get him inside to begin with. What that lure was going to be, nobody had a clue. Maybe just keep shooting at him until he was annoyed enough to step inside. So you're wondering where this is all leading to. Well, along comes a giant glowing penis in America sounding like a particularly American problem, to be sure. How do you get rid of this thing? It has all the characteristics of Japan's principal headache. It's big, it crushes cars, it's radioactive, it's invulnerable to explosive, and it squirts, not fire, maybe, but a highly toxic uric acid, enough to make people go blech before it starts to burn off their skin. The difference? 
our monster is much smaller than theirs. Maybe at full extension, erection, 100 feet tall, plus. Zilla clocks in at about 350 plus. I don't know how much either weighs, but who cares? Our monster has already shown signs of rapid growth since its escape, and it may, if allowed, get to tip the scales in Godzilla numbers and even beyond. So how do we get rid of it? While the military was still thinking in terms of bombs, nuclear bombs, some smart people in the industrial areas were thinking in alternative measures. Japan heard about our travails. Their side started talking to our side, and the Zilla trap came up. Supposing they used the nearly finished prototype on our beast to check it out. Great idea, somebody thought. Only how to get the beast inside. And after you capture it, what then? Then more swift-thinking engineers and lonely men thought of something else. The trap is basically a roving device intended to be portable, maybe even move on its own power. Could it be modified to chase after our creature if needed? And then what? It's essentially a hole on wheels, right? What could lure a penis into a hole? The top engineers in both countries immediately got on solving the problem. Meanwhile, in the morning, General Cringeworthy held yet another press conference. We're going to bomb the fucking shit out of the bastard. General, uh, watch your language in front of the cameras, one of his aides said. Yes, well, yeah, we're going to we're going to blow the goddamn thing to kingdom come. That's what we'll do. General, I didn't say fuck, so get off my back. A member of the press asked, does this mean you're not going to use the nuclear option, or, or you are, since traditional bombing seems to have had no effect? Have no effect? Have no effect? Well, who the fuck are you to make such a statement? Just asking, sir. We drove the goddamn thing back into the sea. That's what having no effect means but you don't have a confirmed kill. Oh, yeah? Well, you're a cocksucking motherfucking penny waste, is what you are. General, I think we should terminate the press briefing. Immediately. That's all, people. There'll be another briefing in six hours. Thank you. This way, General. While the press briefing didn't go as well as expected, I wasn't there to cover it, because I became aware of the Japanese connection through the grapevine. So I was busy trying to buy passage to Japan, having stopped to make a phone call to get my boss to get a Pacific Journey added to my expense account. After he said fuck you, I forged his name on another application and booked a flight to Tokyo. So I ended up on a 19-hour flight with a kid screaming up and down the aisle the entire time. When he finally pooped out, a baby in the back started crying and could not be bribed into silence. Finally, some guy threatened to hijack the plane with a screwdriver. I don't think he was a terrorist. I think he just got sick of kids. We hit some turbulence, and a satchel fell out of one of the overheads and hit him in the eyebrows, and that ended his bid to go to Cuba. What's in Cuba, by the way, besides old cars and poverty? Anyway, I landed in Tokyo and went to see somebody named Chang Chang Oh a Chinese-Japanese engineer type who knew something of this Zilla trap, the information of which I happened to get out of dithers during a moment when he was pissing his pants. I found Chang Chang O, actually O Chang Chang in his own language, which actually sounded to me like an amusement park ride or a breakfast cereal. 
in an industrial park on the outskirts of the big city. I got a cab, paid the driver 100 billion yen, or whatever the fuck their money is, and sat and waited to talk to him, not having made an appointment ahead of time. Luckily, he spoke English. What can I do for you, Mr. Yuner? Oh, Chang Chang asked. Actually, Chang, can I call you Chang? I mean, it's better than O, oh, which sounds like a yawn. No offense. Chang is fine. Does it make a difference which Chang I call you by? You've got two of them, you know. It makes no difference. What can you tell me about a Zilla trap? Ah, suddenly the Zilla trap is in the news. You're not the first American to ask me about it. You are the first one to show up at my door. We reporters are vigilant. It's supposed to be secret, but it's the worst kept secret in Japan right now. Our company designs and supplies parts for it. So it's a real thing? It's a real thing. How is this supposed to work? Well, the original idea was that it was simply a trap, like you'd use to catch a squirrel. Godzilla's one hell of a big squirrel. Therein lies the problem. If you manage to capture a 300-foot monster, what do you do with him? With a squirrel, you just take it out to the park and set it free. What do you do with Godzilla? So what were they thinking? Well, one idea was to have it compress. Once you get Godzilla in it, it would squeeze him until he was crushed. But the compression forces it would take to do that on something that big, with a hide that is impenetrable to missile attack, would be so tremendous that it would wreck the trap itself, not to mention using every ounce of electric power on Han Shu. Another idea was to trap him and drown him. He can't be drowned. That's another problem. If he can be drowned, we haven't found out how. Another method would be to just hold him till he starves to death. What does he eat, anyway? We don't know. We've never seen him eat. Whales? What else would something that big eat? And how long would that take? That's another problem. The trap would sooner or later weaken if it just hangs onto him and nothing else. Before the big guy starves, he's likely to wiggle himself free. So basically, the Zilla trap is a bust. No, there was a thought of dropping him and trap into a volcano. But do you have any idea what beast and trap together weigh? What would move them and how long would that take? So it is a bust. It is a bust. But that hasn't stopped people from trying to build it, at least the prototype, I mean. Godzilla doesn't seem inclined to go away all by himself. No other solutions on the table are any better. So I flew out here for nothing? No, no, I wouldn't say that. You're probably the first of what promises to be a flood of Americans coming out here to check out our Zilla trap. Your big radioactive dick, however impressive, is smaller than the Zilla man. And I don't know if its hide is thinner, but being smaller and younger, it's likely that it might have a soft spot. An Achilles heel, if you will, or maybe even an easier surface to penetrate. So the trap might actually work for you. And then there's also this other thing. What other thing? It's a dick. It thinks like a dick. It acts like a dick. Talk around the design room was, what if we get the trap to look like a vagina? You're kidding. Come on, you have to have thought of that yourself. 
Well, actually, somebody in the States had to think of that. We've been getting calls from all sorts of engineering firms over here. These firms are made up of nothing but guys who spend all day thinking up all sorts of spacey shit. And then what? Go home to their wives and go bowling? Come on. Who do you think goes to porno movies? I had to take a gulp so as not to flush in front of the guy. You may be right. So you want to turn your Zilla trap into a big pussy? I don't know how it can be done, but from what I hear, that's what the talk is all about. And how does it kill the monster? Hey, the Zilla trap is just that, a trap. You gotta kill it. Maybe what happens to this giant dick of yours is what happens to real dicks in real life. It gets married and that sucks the life out of it. How do I know? Can I have a look at this thing? It's top secret, he answered. I'll get you a pass. Next stop was a warehouse in Hiroshima, thanks to my mentor, Oh Chang Chang. So now I'm walking into the place, and who greets me at the door but some guy who yells out, Sven Yakamura! He obviously knew me, but I couldn't return the favor as all Japanese people look alike to me. Turns out he was on the tourist bus with me in New Mexico. He was also posing as a tourist to learn more about the facility in Los Alamos. Don't you remember me? Hiroshi Tanaka, remember? Yeah, yeah, sure, I answered, not knowing who the fuck he was. He could see it was drawing a blank and insisted, The guy with the face! The guy with the face? Chang interrupted. Yeah, Hiroshi added excitedly. He kept calling me the guy with the face because he said there was something wrong with it. What? we both asked. I was always looking miserable because I hate deserts, so I made miserable faces. See? He made a miserable face. The guy with the face, I interjected. I remember you. I turned to Chang. When he's on a tourist bus in the middle of a desert, he has the worst looking face. You used to call me that all the time, Hiroshi added. I'm surprised you didn't remember him, said Chang. Hey, it was a bus full of Japanese. What the fuck do I know? So, how you been, man? Hiroshi bumped me on the arm. Good, good. Busy with monsters and all that shit. Hey, us too, Sven. I hear ya. Why does he call you Sven? Chang asked. I have that more than one name, I answered. Big family? Chang asked. Yeah. So can I see this thing? I said, changing the subject. Sure, come on, Hiroshi waved me in. What exactly are you doing here? I asked him. I'm one of the designers on the project, Hiroshi added, leading us in. I designed the gimbals on the swing door. We're pretty proud of it, but fat chance it's ever going to be used. I might be able to help remedy that, I said as we entered into a big, otherwise empty space that seemed to be an airplane hangar. There in the middle of it was this big mechanical contraption that looked something like a horse collar. This your prototype? Yep, Hiroshi answered. Is it operational? Should be. We haven't figured out how to try it out yet. You built this thing without knowing how to test it? Chang interrupted. You think your country is the only one with a fucked up government agenda? If you give me the story, the Americans may want to borrow it. We've been talking to them already, Chang answered. But not one source. This company here, that group there. Pentagon's got to get behind it. So is it possible to turn this thing into a big pussy? Needs a coating, Hiroshi said, and plenty of lubricant. Will that gum up the works? Trial and error, Hiroshi stated. Like with anything. 
Let me wire out the story. Somebody at the Pentagon will see it. They have toilets in the Pentagon, and you can usually find our papers in the toilets. They'll be on the phone within days with a cruiser on its way to pick it up. The two nodded in a traditional Japanese way. Take me back to the hotel. I'm at the Hilton, if you need me. I'm registered under the name Joe Tokyo. Another name from another family? Chang asked. Lots of cousins, I said. I woke up Arf Flunk when I called in the story. His response was basically this. <laughs> but he accepted the overseas transmission. I was lucky enough to get the story in on time because the paper was about to go to press. And I figured right. Some secretary at the Pentagon found our paper a couple of days later in the ladies' room and showed it to her boss. Right away, phone calls were happening. The White House was alerted, and so was NBC. Within a week, the giant artificial vagina was on its way. Meanwhile, if the penis was still alive, it had gone into hiding. Nobody had seen it for more than a week. But were to raise its ugly head again, the United States Navy and Japanese tech were going to be jointly ready for it. Can I just interject some praise here for Asian women? It seems fortuitous that the thing that was likely to please and entrap the American wayward penis was some Asian pussy. And it seems odd that I, of all people, was the one who brought this story to light. So my past interests seem to have paid off in this case. So let that be a lesson to you. Never make fun of somebody's perversions. You never know when they'll come in handy. I was back in the United States before the vagina got there. Interestingly, Arf had paid for my flight home. No forging his name this time. No comments either. The piece I wrote must have been good business for us for him to do that, and it must have given him a near heart attack. But back in the States, here I was. I stayed in Los Angeles to see the pussy come sailing in and picked up my old VW while I was there. The giant pussy was in all the news at its arrival. They had certainly dolled it up some. They put a latex skin on it to make it look more human and a certain amount of wool, and then greased up its insides. I thought they were going to add some lubricating guns, but they just made the interior gooey. It was cheaper and should hold up underwater. Now it was just a question as to whether or not the monster was going to appear. It did. Off the coast of Florida. You know, the end tip by the keys makes it look like Florida's ejaculating. There. And a more appropriate place was not to be found. They put the pussy on a train and sent it across country. I followed as best as I could in my trusty rusty bug. It took the better part of a week, but I got there. The vagina having arrived ahead of me as I was traveling 24 hours a day straight through and I had to stop and take breaks. The penis had bothered some boats, but it stayed from shipping lanes, and the fishermen and pleasure cruisers kept a wide berth once it was discovered. The Navy took a couple of shots at it without success and then let it go. So did the Air Force, as it stayed submerged for the most part, but also stayed too close to marinas and other populated areas for either military to take much action without risking heavy collateral damage. So everybody waited for the big pussy to arrive, and with it, two questions on their minds. Will it work? And what happens after? This has been Solar Wind Media Presents 
Ron Schaefer's podcast. Find us at solarwindmedia.com.